This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go here. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce <laughs> yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk podcast. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht, and with me, Weston Shepard of Up the Thunder, and now DailyThunder.com. Weston, what's up, man? Not a lot. Just uh, I'm kind of still basking in the MVP afterglow from yesterday. <laughs> Goodness. So to kind of set up yesterday, the, the Thunder were not playing well again, kind of going with the theme of the back half of this season. And Russ was going for his 40-second triple-double. He ends up getting it. Uh, and now he is holds the record for the most triple-doubles in a season, which is just ridiculous in itself. And at that time, the Thunder were down 10. And I, I guess now would be a good time to mention that the 10th the assist went to Samaj for a corner <laughs> three, which, oh, man, like, I want him to be good. It would be cool if he was. Uh, but he, I mean, just... It was just I don't know. He's hit ten threes this season. I think he's a, he's he's a big part of history now. He's a historical <laughs> he figure. He is. He's he's a historical figure, and that janky jump shot just happened to go down. Then uh, Domas had two really good looks that he missed, and then Cantor missed a bunny. Uh, but it was Samaj. Way to go, Samaj! Congratulations. <laughs> that's your big. Yeah. That's your big thunder moment. You did it. <laughs> but the Thunder were down 14 with um, almost six minutes left in the game, and then they were down seven uh, with 47 seconds left when Russ got fouled on that three-point shot. And Russ just did his uh, his magic again yesterday, and he hit his first game winner of his career. It was a 36-footer. Did you know that was his first buzzer beater? See, I... If I remember correctly, there was a game against Golden State before they were like, you know, the death squad where he hit that shot at the buzzer from the corner. Yeah. Even like Elias and all these places are saying that it was his, his first buzzer beater. Um, yeah, that's interesting to me because I'm, I'm, you know, fairly certain he, he, he did it against the Warriors, but obviously they know more than I do. So yeah. um, I'll buy it. Either way, it had to be the most incredible uh, buzzer beater of his career if it wasn't his first. <laughs> it's his third 50-point triple-double yesterday, and the most by any player in NBA history. He had 50, 16, and 10 yesterday. Just ridiculous. I mean, he he's the MVP. Like, let's just, let's just, let's just say that. I mean, he his performance down the stretch in the clutch, and triple-doubles do matter if people are on the train that, that – they think they don't matter. They do matter. Uh, he's the MVP. I don't know. People people say that like 10-10-10 is arbitrary, but it, it feels more arbitrary to me to decide that triple-doubles don't matter, right? Yeah, I don't know how you ever you know come to that conclusion. I, I'd never once heard that prior to the season. So um, obviously it's it's just you know part of a narrative that you use to uh, try to um, discredit what he's done. But you know, triple-doubles one they're not easy to get and and two i don't understand how they would ever be arbitrary or how they will ever be arbitrary it's it's just kind of a, a weird argument to me and a, and a strange hill to die on 
Yeah, it's 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 just really weird. Uh, and the shot that he took, a lot of people pointed this out, that it was from the exact same spot um, that he shot the ball in the Mountain Dew commercial. Um, <laughs> that is correct. And I was actually an extra in that commercial, and so I was there that day. It took him probably 30 shots to make that. Um, well, okay, when you were you were an extra in that commercial? I was. Uh, that is incredible. I got cut out of the commercial. <laughs> no. I actually didn't even make the so they my wife was an extra and she got she got called and everything and then they were needing more people so she called me and I rushed down there. It was in Norman and I rushed down there and we're there we sat in a room for 10 hours and did nothing. Um, and then we like watched Russ, like miss literally 30 of those shots. He would have to say the line and then he'd shoot it. And then he missed it oh just over God. and over and over and over again, which was hilarious. Like, is there some sort of CGI we can get here to like, <laughs> right. speed up this process. He was laughing by the end of it. Um, and but it was, you know, last night it was, it was one of those classic Russ shots that if it doesn't go in, you're going, well, why did you do that? Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we only needed two. And, you know, it's the, the classic complaint that we have when he typically takes that shot. But it, it, it almost had to go down. It, it was it was fate. It was meant to be. It, it was just incredible, you know, on the heels of, of the history that he had just made and the frantic comeback. That one, um, that one he needed that one. Yes, and you can just watch his celebration at the end was just so intense and just full of joy. And also his celebration whenever he got the MVP record was just like he barely acknowledged it. Um, You can just tell how much he wants to win. Um, Of course he wants the triple-doubles, but you can tell that winning just matters so much more to him because he didn't even crack a smile really whenever he got the record. No, and you know a lot of that you know probably had to do with the fact that the Thunder was down, and that was probably yeah. the only sour part for me was well you know he you know clinched the triple double average in a loss, which was unfortunate, not how we're going to remember it at all. But I didn't want him to break the record in a loss either. So once the triple double was taken care of, history was made, blah blah blah, um, and he really got to work, and it seemed like everybody calmed down and, and seemed more relaxed like the monkey was off of everyone's back um and yeah the 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 moment after he hit that shot that was uh true happiness and and his teammates were more excited than he was so that that was um that was cool to see yeah it was tremendous and you're glad that he did not get the triple double against phoenix that game was just so atrocious and it was it was bad obvious that he was hunting a triple double and hunting those assists at the end of the game and phoenix just wasn't going to have it and I think Thunder fans today should thank Phoenix because if yeah. that was the game that he got it, where they basically put him back in a meaningless fourth quarter where the Thunder aren't going to come back and he gets it, I mean, it just feels a little bit hollow. Uh, right. No, but- I, I totally agree. And yesterday is, you know, you break the record and you hit that shot and the whole world loses its mind. It, that that was how it was supposed to happen because the the whole season's been insane, and then that was the proper way to finish it out. Not some weird, like you said, hollow effort in Phoenix and a awful, awful loss. 
Right. And, and that last play, of course, Kyle Singler is involved in it. He played 34 minutes yesterday, which was kind of insane. He did. But he actually kind of looked like a basketball player, which was See, very surprising. He's, uh, he's done this to me before, though. I, I've I've uh, bought into the maybe Kyle Singler is a basketball player again yeah. um, <laughs> idea before, and I'm usually um, I'm burned on it every time. Right. I'm pretty sure it was a five-second violation when he was passing the ball in. It felt like, th- oh, yeah. it felt like 30 seconds. It was just like, oh no, what's gonna what's gonna happen? He gets it to Steve, and luckily Steve was able to get uh get Russ, I guess, kind of open if you can call being at thirty six feet open. Um, yeah, open. Uh, yeah, I mean, Russ was open in his mind, so that's all right. that matters to me. <laughs> um, so, is there what's what's the argument right now against Russell Westbrook for the MVP? Because I, I think that a lot of people have kind of declared that he's the MVP. A lot of people have even switched in light of him getting the record and all these late game heroics. What's the what's the argument against him today? I think the only thing left is the same argument that James Harden made last night, which I feel really uncomfortable uh, that he's out campaigning for himself. But just saying, I, I, I thought it was about wins, and, and the Rockets have more of them. I, I think that's really the only thing that you can say um, that stands up, because statistically, I mean, it's n- not close. I mean, it's close, but it's not. And um, it just comes down to, to the record. I mean, obviously, they are going to be the three seed oklahoma city will be the six and that's really i think all you've got if you're trying to to argue against Russ at this point i still think that just looking at the wins and losses alone is is really void of context just because you don't understand what russ has done in order just to get the six seed i think it's unbelievable um but but that seems to be all i'm hearing today is is just well wins 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 and and the rockets and harden and maury and everybody are are making really hard sells right now and and that seems to be the the focus yeah it's kind of funny that if you think that wins is the reason that he should be the mvp like the award goes to Kawhi leonard right (laughs) yeah yeah you know or or steph because steph's been incredible you know over the last Mm -hmm. couple months it's just not there i understand that in the history of the mvp award you know you're looking at, at guys that play for teams that are typically at the top of their conference and, and Russ isn't that but it's just uh it's a different race and i think the voting has to be taken uh in a completely different way just because of i mean it it, it i don't understand what's happened it, I, I think it's going to take a long time for me to unpack what we've seen from russ and really start to to absorb it um but man if, if what he's done doesn't get an MVP, then I don't know if he's ever going to win one. Right. This is a historic season, and it's an outlier of a season. And if you don't want to vote him the MVP because he didn't win 50 games, then you're just not really paying attention. Um, no. No. So let's see. Let's. Uh, I want to give a nod to Chicken Express right now. You can go get oh, yeah. their, their special this month. You get a free gallon of sweet tea with a family meal purchase where you get some great tenders you can get i think it's like 20 or 30 tenders that you can get and you get a free gallon of sweet tea uh, and you can get a side with biscuits or rolls it's just freaking delicious um so go check out oh go go ahead join in this is this is oklahoma so (laughs) if you're offering up free sweet tea my heavens i mean you you, people will do anything for sweet tea and if all i have to do is buy my chicken i'll do that every day And, and it's great chicken at that Maybe the best chicken. 
It is, and they got great. Their roll, I mean, their biscuits are very good. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get go get some rolls with this because they're uh, just super soft, super great rolls. You should get those. Uh, they've got all kinds of sides: French fries, fried okra. Um, I think they have they have fried corn that's also really good. So uh, go to Chicken Express. They're all around Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and the surrounding areas. Go go check out Chicken Express today. And uh, just enjoy some great sweet tea and some really great chicken tenders. Go do it. So I think another argument that has kind of hurt James Harden is that the, the numbers are so similar between the two. Right. And something happened whenever Harden had to sit because of his wrist is that Patrick Beverly took over as the point guard. And this was against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but he had 26, 8, and 9 without Harden whenever he was the primary point guard. And I think some people look at that and they're like, hmm. And I've been kind of beating the drum of D'Antoni's system is very helpful to point guards or whoever has the ball in their hand. Um, Everybody, every single guy that's ever played that role for D'Antoni has benefited from it. Uh, And Patrick Beverly and James Harden are no different. And I don't, I'm not trying to say James Harden's bad or that he's not a deserving MVP winner. I think that if he did win it, that he he does deserve it to an extent, but I do think that you have right. to look at within the context of that system. That system has helped him a lot, and it helped Patrick Beverly a lot. Um, if, if Patrick Beverly was the primary point guard for Houston, he was in a contract year. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea what he would get on the open market. His ability to play defense and his ability to put up numbers like that, I don't think he would do that for the whole season, 26, 8, and 9. Um, no. But his numbers would look really good, uh, and that's it's just a product of that system. It's a great system. They've got the right players in there. They've got all these shooters around um, a ball-dominant guy in James Harden that has really great vision. Uh, but it's he's, he's definitely, his numbers are a byproduct of the system. And uh, those two rebounds do happen to matter. If you uh, are on the internet today, you can see why those yeah. numbers do matter. If you get on Twitter, you'll see that those numbers do matter. Uh, they're not they arbitrary, do. and triple doubles. Triple doubles are great. And if James Harden had the same number of triple doubles, I think that it should be celebrated as well. Yeah, well, you know, if anyone could do it, it it's obviously history almost impossible to do and, and worth appreciating. Uh, but but to your point, I mean, obviously, no one thinks James Harden is a system player. I mean, he's transcendently talented. But uh, you know. Patrick Beverly's good, and like you said, he had a really solid game w- without Harden, and um, it does, you know, it's a testament to the system, and it's also a testament just to the, the guys that are surrounding James Harden, because, you know, Patrick Beverly can step out uh, without Harden and, and have that sort of game. He's obviously got a lot of talented guys around him, and, um, you know, it, it's difficult to take a guy's teammates into consideration, whether you're voting for him or against him, but it's almost undeniable and, and uh, you know, not almost it is undeniable and um yeah it's it's i just don't see how you could make the argument against, against Russ. I, i'm probably a little bit too biased and emotionally involved but that's yeah. that's just where i'm at right now yeah i hear you i i would be shocked if he doesn't get it at this point uh unless something crazy happens in the next few days but the regular season's just about over and for some teams it is over and for the thunder it might be over like Russ may not play 30 minutes uh, a night these next couple games and he shouldn't uh he should no. he should probably sit at least one of these games 
Uh, it's it's pretty much over, and it's over for the Rockets because they're solidified in the third seed. Uh, I guess the only race in the West left is the Jazz and the Clippers uh, for home court, but right. every everything else is set, and so I, I think that the MVP race should be set as well. I, I do too, and, and I saw Matt Moore with CBS um, today saying, and you know, my vote is decided. Um, begrudgingly that's decided and someone was you know on his case you know the regular season's not over yet and he's like well nothing can happen in these next two games that's going to undo what's happened to this point so mm-hmm. you know for all intents and purposes the mvp race is over i don't know who's going to win it i, I know who i think should win it um but but the season's done and i would love to see russ sit you know two games i would love mm-hmm. it i mean after what he's done this season just the sort of workload that he's had his usage rate has been um, astronomical. He, he deserves some rest, and I think that that uh, the team might benefit from him resting. That being said, I uh, just don't think that he will. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe just play him twenty minutes, uh, ten minutes a half, and just you know, who cares about the outcome of the game? Like it's really not going to change anything uh, for the Thunder at this point. They can't get that magical fifty wins, which is also an arbitrary number that people like to to point out. Um, right, but it's. Yeah, it's of no benefit to them. And I, one of the and, big know, reasons that it's Russ for MVP is that it's he's the he's the storyline of this season. When you look back, this is going to be Westbrook's season. Uh, his because he averaged a triple double, and it it, it matters, and it matters that he is the storyline of the season. And I think the storyline of the season, like last year, was Steph Curry. I mean, last year everybody's going to remember Steph Curry's season and what he was able to do. And also the crowds. I mean, Russ being able to take these away crowds, like in Denver, in Brooklyn, in Orlando, and turn them into basically like a home court advantage type situation is really special. And there are not many guys in the NBA that can do that. And he's the only one this season doing it. And Steph did it last year. There were a lot of people that would cheer for Steph. Uh, when he's coming out and hitting threes like he was and um, having these away crowds cheer for him. Uh, But this season is Russell Westbrook, and I think that a part of the storyline and a part of uh, just the kind of magnet that he is to people, I think that that he's also deserving in that way. Yeah, and, and, you know, Steph, people love Steph. People have always loved Steph. So to get fans in opposing arenas cheering for Steph is – a little less difficult than it has been for Russ because historically speaking, you know, opposing crowds don't like Russ. Right. Uh, the general public hasn't always been a huge fan of Russ. So I think that also lends itself to his MVP, MVP candidacy because he's converted people from these, um, you know, these people that didn't understand him, didn't know a lot about him, and they've taken the time to really start to appreciate him, which you almost have to based on what he's done. But I think it says something about, you know, just how special he's been because, you know, these crowds were, were booing him and, and now they're chanting MVP and sound like uh, Chesapeake. So it, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, and Denver in particular, which is funny because he had beef with the Denver Nuggets mascot, Rocky, a few years ago. He did. Um, yes, he did. 
And Denver didn't like him. <laughs> I mean, that's to convert this crowd just, and it's all because of history. You know, people showed up right. and they're, they're in awe of what he's doing. Every time he's bringing the ball up the court in the fourth quarter, I mean, there's just a buzz about that crowd. You can hear it on TV. You can hear it on the live stream that the crowd is just, just anxiously waiting for him to get this record. And going from a team, a team fan base that really did not like Russ uh, because of his interactions with their mascot where he's shooting those backwards uh, full court shots and Russ jumped up and stole the ball uh, in midair. Um, the crowd did not like him. And understandably, no. I mean, if somebody is, is messing with, uh, you know, rumble at the Thunder game if a player did. Uh, it's pretty easy right. to hate that guy. It's like, well, like you're stealing away fun from us or stealing away chalupas or whatever, whatever <laughs> exactly. prize the they were going to get. Night. Yeah, um, it is. It's crazy. It, and you're right. It is. It was probably a lot harder thing for him to do. Uh, and he, he deserves a lot of credit for everything he's doing. And one thing I do want to point out is that that crowd went nuts when he hit that shot. <laughs> And that shot ended their season. <laughs> like, right. not only did he beat them, he he pushed them out of playoff contention. Like, they're done now. And, and the fans treated him, you know, like like he had just, you know, I, I don't know. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. I, the, the crowd in Phoenix was strange. Uh, the crowd in Denver w- was pretty crazy just based on their reaction to, to him ending their entire season. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah, and it's just recognizing greatness, I think. They just like they just saw greatness happen right before their eyes with the triple double, which was really cool, and then the comeback, and then the buzzer beater three. I mean, just there's that picture floating around. Uh, James Hollis, Snotty Drippin has been sending out all these pictures of, of the people in the crowd, and it's just yeah. hilarious. Like just the faces of just they just cannot believe that it happened. Uh, it it's super you know I, I was probably making a, a similar face in my living room just right. screaming random things as as all that was unfolding but gosh it, it's it's the it's so crazy uh, we'll never see anything like this again no no this is again I've said this a couple times this season but you, you need to appreciate this season for what it is the Thunder aren't championship contenders we know that but this is a special special NBA season from Russell Westbrook. And Sam Presti had some quotes about that. Here's, here's a quote from Sam after the game. He said, there's a discovery period for Russell that's taking place, and we're at the front end of that. We're not making any bones about that. We haven't had a tremendous amount of time to understand and to build. That's going to take some time. But I will say that if this is the first year of that process and project for us, he's made it very exciting. So that's like a basically a very very tame Sam Presti saying like I can't believe that he's done this like I I, I can't believe that he's this good. Um, yeah, that was some prime Presti speak too. It was he got a discovery in there. That's that's prime Sammy P. It was the discovery period for Russell. Who else <laughs> right. says that? He's the only person <laughs> right. in basketball that would say that. I've thought about this season a lot. Never once have I thought of it as a discovery period. <laughs> It's and it's kind of a good thing for fans to think about in general because I think a lot of people get frustrated with the team that's around Russ right now. Uh, but it's a good way to view it because it's this team is just now figuring out what what they're going to be going forward. 
And it's this is not the team that they want. This is not the rotations that they want. I don't think they want to play Kyle Singer 34 minutes. I don't think they want to play Samaj Christian 20 minutes a game. Uh, that's a part of this discovery period. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing all these we, bad we, players. We're knee deep in our discovery period, but you know it's just been it's it's been exciting. I I keep kicking around the idea, and the thought is, is like, where does this fall in terms of? the most exciting and you know newsworthy seasons in thunder history and obviously we've had teams that that were much better and you know championship contenders but i just i don't know if i've ever had this much fun watching the game which is which is pretty crazy yeah if i were to it would definitely be the 50 win season that the thunder had their first season that they made the playoffs which would have probably yeah. been like one or two like this could this still could be the best uh, because it's still exciting here and it's April. And it's hard to remember an NBA season where things were this exciting in April. Usually, I remember just the thought of, come on, let's just get the playoffs started. And some of that is that the, the Thunder were so good that they were just beating teams like a drum, or we were kind of waiting for them to turn on or, you know, turn into another gear. And, you know, this season, the Thunder are, they are who they are, and Russell Westbrook has drugged them uh to the 46 wins that they have today and it's just absolutely insane uh, it's going to take me a while to, to comprehend yeah lincoln lending understands that not all lenders are created equal with the most competitive interest rates and highly trained professionals lincoln lending will communicate and accommodate your every need throughout the home buying process getting approved has never been easier with lincoln lending's new mobile app and website download the lincoln lending app in the app store and google play store visit our website at www.lincolnok.com or call 799-L-E-N-D to apply today. Lincoln Lending. Not all lenders are created equal. NMLS 398026. Uh, let's do some Twitter questions. This is from at Ben Vance. Which player have you changed your view on most from the start of the season, for better or worse? That's interesting. It's. I don't want to be too critical, but I, I'm really concerned i guess about where steven adams is at in in the grand scheme of his development i i think i expected a lot more out of him this season and, and obviously he's had the best season of his career um which he should but i i, I think that that he seems to have regressed a little bit um around the basket i i think he's um a little more passive and um trying a little bit too much of the push shot and the hook like sometimes I, I think he forgets that he can just go up and, and hammer it like like he uh, has done in the past so I, I think my opinion of him is 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 still very high I, I hold him in high regard but I'm curious what his mindset is and, and what he needs to do to kind of recapture a lot of what earned him that that contract in the first place yeah I'm not as much worried about him I think that he's going to be okay i think he's going through a transition um like this entire roster is and he's in his discovery phase he's just, this is just the discovery period man that's all it is i got you i got you <laughs> uh, i think the guy there's probably two players that i've changed my mind about the most uh negatively is cameron Payne. i thought cam was going to be really good i thought the team was going to really be able to take off when he came back i thought the team really needed a backup point guard which they still obviously need uh, but when he came back, he just really wasn't any good. He was out of rhythm. He wasn't making shots. And when Sam Presti made that trade, I was just 
I was just floored because I I was floored that he had any value. Uh, and he's clearly not helping the Bulls who are making a playoff round. He's been with their the the Windy City Bulls for a couple stints, and he's not playing on this team. And I thought that he was going to be very good, but I, I don't know what to think about his career going forward. I tend to think that he's at best a backup, uh, and then maybe a third guard. Um, and I don't I don't know what the Bulls are going to do with him uh, this summer moving forward. And then for the better, I think Ennis Cantor has just been really good <laughs> this season for the most part Definitely. for the Thunder. I think that his defense has been better. Uh, clearly, he still gets beat in space, and he, that probably will be the case for him his whole career. Yeah. But he did have those couple months where he was passing the ball really well, which I didn't think he was capable of. Uh, he can read the defense. He hasn't been doing it lately. Uh, we mentioned that on Friday. But I, I just think that he is developing into a player that should play more than 21 minutes a night. Uh, I think that he should play around 30 minutes a night. And we'll we'll see where that where uh, Cantor is going forward. He may still be with the team or not, but uh, he's really, really improved. Yeah, I, I agree. He's he's such a talented guy. He needs to be on the floor, uh, whether it be for the Thunder or for somebody else, like you said, in that 30-minute range, just because he's such an impact guy. Um, I don't know what the plan is for him. I still think if you're paying Steve Adams more than $100 million, there's somewhat of a redundancy there. But, you know... I, I don't necessarily want to get rid of him unless um, unless the deal was right, which I'm sure Sam will will be looking for. Yeah, yeah, they can't. I mean, they they're not just going to deal him to deal him. It's got to be no. They've got to get a wing back, and there's not yes. many wings out there. Uh, I keep throwing out Nick Batum as a possible trade target for the Thunder. I think he really fits a lot of what they need as far as he's a facilitator. He can shoot. Uh, I don't know that Charlotte's. Charlotte would be willing to deal him, less, let alone deal him for Ennis Cantor. I think that it would have to right. take some sweeteners on the Thunder side to do that. But if the Thunder could get a guy like that, like a Batum, a Gallo, a Chandler, um, they still well, really well, need uh, a guy like that. Um, well, Gallo was lights out yesterday. He looked fantastic. <laughs> That's Can I just get that guy? Because if we can get that, I feel pretty good about things. I know, man. He was so good. And... I mean, maybe a sign and trade. I've always thought that Robertson would look really good in Denver because he fills a lot of the holes that they have. And Definitely. Denver already has scores on the wing. They don't necessarily need Gallo because they've got other guys that can um, that can score. I think Chandler can take on a bigger role. I think that they want Jamal Murray to score more. I think that you know Moutier. I still don't really know what they want to do with him. But Gary Harris is a good player. They've just got a lot of guys. They've got too many guys, and that's why that Nurkic trade looks so bad now. Is because they had just too many guys. Uh, they yeah. need to thin out their roster a little bit. And Gallo's a free agent, so it would have to be a sign-and-trade because the Thunder aren't going to be able to get enough room to sign him. Um, no. but I think he would be a great fit next to Russ. And he also gets to the foul line quite a bit, and the Thunder just don't have those guys. So someone that can he create would, and shoot, yeah. He would just he would change things. It, he's, he's a very good player. I, I always worry about his health, but I mean, yeah. he seemed like he's – stayed um at least intact this season so there's uh, at least room for uh, optimism on that front yeah yeah he's special uh from Sh- at shannon z ward when russ starts to decline what do you think his role will be he's thinking about 35 years of age what do you think 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, the first thing that goes is athleticism, which is, you know, the the, the center of, the, of everything that he does. But I also think that this season, this discovery phase period, has shown a lot about what <laughs> about the way he thinks about the game. And I think his passing is fantastic. I think that as he slows down, he can become more of a facilitator. And I was having this really insane thought yesterday, and, and you can slap me for this next time you see me. But as he's, oh gosh, I don't want to say it, but as he's starting to shoot and make more three-pointers, I do wonder if, if he knows and has a self-awareness to just really put a ton of effort into that space mm-hmm. um, in the off-seasons uh, moving forward and, and start to become more of a threat. Uh, from distance um, as he ages because he won't be able to get to the rack as um, easily as he does now and he's going to need a little bit more obviously he can um, go mid-range all day but I think as he ages I think he'll start to to put a little bit more effort into the long-range ball and obviously he can he can shoot and um, and and pass really well I don't think that changes yeah I really just think that when these superstars get older it just depends on what they want to do we've seen Kobe Bryant age and still want to be the man and right. it's remains to be seen what russell is going to do as he gets older um you know is it going to be like jason kidd and play till he's 40 where as long as you know his body holds up he can do some of those similar things i think that whenever he can focus on being a defender and he's not the one and only primary ball handler on the team i think that he could be like a really solid defender and spot up shooter uh, I also see him getting in the post quite a bit and shooting <laughs> shots from the post. Uh, I also think I think that shot, his, his cotton shot, where he just goes full speed and is able to shoot just just like he does like at an insane rate. I don't know that that stays because I think a lot of that is his athleticism. So I think yeah. that it's a lot of spot-up shots. I think that it's a lot of in the post. I, I just think of like a probably a mix between old Jason Kidd and old Kobe Bryant where like he still has the ability to take over um, but will hopefully be able to play a role on a good team Um, so so, something like that I think at 35 though I still think that he's your lead point guard and I think that he's maybe like maybe like a Jason Kidd or maybe like a, a late Chauncey Billups or somebody like that that's just gritty vet that knows how to play is going to hit big time shots and and play solid defense so yeah and you know in that declined that declined athleticism what is declined athleticism for Russell Westbrook because I I would dare (laughs) to say that that it's still a lot more athletic than um, any human being that I've ever met Mm -hmm. so you know it's not like he's just going to become old and slow I, I think Russ is you know an alien so it's part of um getting older will be changing his game but you know i don't i don't think that that he'll ever be this decrepit guy that right. that can't do a lot of the things that he does now yeah and we have to remember that we're entering an age where the sports science is so different than it was whenever these other guys got older um that they're just taking care of their bodies a lot more they're watching their minutes a lot more they're making sure that they're hydrated properly they're they have all these things going on that just weren't around whenever like chauncey billups and jason kidd and kobe bryant were younger and kobe took on a lot more as far minutes wise uh, than russell is now so i just i don't know i I wonder what that's going to be like just 
uh, with that. Like maybe guys are going to start playing into their 40s or into their late 30s and still look really good. I mean, take LeBron James is, is like one of the first guys that's coming from this era where the sports science is just very different. And he still looks incredible right now whenever other stars at his age were declined. So I don't know. I just I just wonder he, what that looks like. And LeBron is having an unbelievable season. I mean, his numbers yeah. are ridiculous. And obviously, that comes with the territory of being one of the two best basketball players that have ever walked the earth. Like, right. He's certainly an outlier. But, you know, like you said, he, he has access to um, – you know resources that that a lot of people haven't had in the past so uh, you can you can keep yourself going for a long time let's do one more question uh this comes from caleb underscore jones underscore do you guys agree with koco carson carson cunningham of koco5 shout out to carson yet about about getting another star in a trade and using adams to do it uh russ is great and all but we can't win this way what do you think? I was on board with an idea of of sending Adams out in a deal for Boogie. I thought that was the deal that I would say. Well, okay, um, but it would have to be one of those guys. It, it would. It has to be Paul George, Jimmy Butler, that sort of guy. It, it can't. It can't be anything less than that. I don't think you've made a huge investment. And Stephen Adams, he, he's proven. Even though I did say earlier, I, th- I think he's regressed in some areas. I, I think he's um, still extremely young and, and has a really bright future ahead of him. The way he plays the game alarms me, just because he's so rough and tumble. He gets beat up a lot. I, I do worry about durability um, as he starts to go down the road. But um, it, it would it would it would take a very special deal in order for Sam Presti to, to pull the trigger on a Steven Adams deal. But I, I, I wouldn't hesitate doing it if it got me a legitimate superstar in return. Yeah. I just, I wonder if it's going to take, and I think this has been kind of Carson's thing is like Oladipo and Adams for Paul George. And yeah. to me, I just, I don't know. I don't know that this team is, I think it's a lateral move. Um, I don't know how much better defensively they can be. I think the offense would obviously be a little bit better. Um, but I think that the team is still kind of a mess at that point. And there are a lot of bigs in this league, and the Thunder would still have Cantor. Uh, but there's not a lot of defensive bigs that are really good or really impactful. Uh, right. Those guys are hard to find. It's easy to find these scoring bigs. Uh, there's a plenty of them that you could trade for. Um and bring in for little or basically nothing. I mean, you can go get Jalil Okafor today for a second round pick, probably, or you <laughs> right. can go get Vucevic for you know cap filler and a late first rounder. Uh, but it's because those guys don't help you win that much. Uh, and so right. finding a defensive big like Adams that can anchor your defense. He's twenty three years old. He's got skills. Uh, it would have to, and, and then dealing with Oladipo as well. Then you're just kind of you're 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 gonna have to play Robertson. Um, you're gonna have to right. keep him. I, I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence. I'm still really high on Stephen Adams, and maybe maybe the eye test is you know says that that's wrong. But I'm still really high on him. I think that if you could swap like a Paul George for Adams and be able to keep Oladipo, and then give away yeah. like I don't know Sabonis or something like that. I think. 
that certainly makes sense. But at the same time, there's going to be offers that are way better than that for Paul George and for Jimmy Butler. Right. So it just really depends on what what each team is looking for. Like, and, and I just don't think the Thunder are at the front of any of those lines. I think that the Paul George, Jimmy Butler, I think that the Boston Celtics are at the very front of that line, followed by the Lakers, followed by uh, probably several other teams uh, before it gets to the Thunder. Uh, but Sam Presti seems to wiggle his way to the front of some lines and figures out how to deal with some GMs. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I'm inclined to keep both those guys um, and just see what happens and let those guys develop a little bit. Uh, right. But if it's only Stephen Adams plus some kind of sweetener, then sure. Uh, but if it's Adams and Oladipo, I I say no. Let's Let's try to fill in the roster another way. Yeah, I, w- I would really struggle to to trade away them both. I, I I think you could add Paul George to this team, and removing Adams and Oladipo, like you said, it doesn't really move the needle that much. You're ultimately trying to build a team that can beat Golden State, and that team wouldn't be able to do it. Um, obviously, the team we have now couldn't do it, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's going to take some creativity, which I, I trust Presley to do that. Um, but you just can't you can't sell off all of your assets um you know for for a, a superstar you know you can't surround them with guys to help them win so it, it would have to make sense and obviously i'm not a gm um Presti would would do a much better job than i could so i i trust him to figure it out yeah same here uh lesson thanks for coming on the show today we can follow you on twitter at w shep we'll follow you on up the thunder I've said this before. If you're not following up the Thunder, you're, you're doing Twitter wrong. You need to go follow up the Thunder today uh, and check out Daily Thunder. Daily Thunder is going to go over, uh, go under some big time changes, and Weston's at the head of that. So uh, give him a follow. Follow Daily Thunder. Uh, look for some changes. Uh, if you want to come to our live podcast, it's this Thursday downtown Oklahoma City at the Anthem Brewing Tap Room. Really cool place. Uh, we're going to do a live podcast that night starting at seven o'clock the show will start then you can come early to hang out and stay afterwards for a little bit so please come to that and follow us on twitter at dtd podcast you can email us if you like to email dtdpodcast at gmail.com please leave us a five-star itunes review if you uh, listen to this every week please just take time to leave that review for us it's very helpful um and have a wonderful monday <laughs>